1: Paul says to walk in the Spirit and we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Let's talk about that next here on Truth for Today. When it comes to Christianity, our relationship, our walk with Christ, there is no fence sitting. You're either on one side or the other. And today, we're taking a look at the side that realizes that walking in the Spirit is something that pleases the Lord. Hi there, and welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today with our teacher and Pastor Phil Howard. We would invite you to join us here in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25. Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast now of Truth for today,
2: turn if you will to Galatians chapter 5, where I give you a uh, one semester class on the Holy Spirit and the flesh. First of all, your relationship to the Holy Spirit uh, in the church world has been divided in these last years at times over the group that's got the Spirit and the folks that don't, or we've got more of the Spirit and you don't. Uh, Then if we don't fight about that, we fight about we really worship God right. Because everybody's got the right way to worship. They got the right kind of music. So we'll always find something to fight about. And something that makes us look better. Because that's called pride. Um, And so we just want to look at what he says about the spirit and you. And then we're going to look at this uh, creature called the flesh. Now, let me read to you Galatians 5. He's been talking about believers are not under the law. Uh, He warns them in verse 15, watch out that you don't bite and devour each other. And maybe that was some of the dissension that was going on about, are we under the law? Are we under grace? So the church obviously was in either in a, a, a fight of some sort or were in danger of it. And he warns them in verse 15, hey, Beware, lest to devour one another. Then it gives you the sure enough remedy for ever devouring one another. Verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit. King James was walk. And I prefer that because that's what the word was. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Then he names for us in verses 19 through 21, a sampling of what the flesh breaks out in us and does immoral things, um, debauched kind of idolatry, and then a bunch of relational sins we commit, envy, jealousy, hatred. Then he mentions the fruit of the Spirit and it tells us what it's like in verse 22 and 23. It says in verse 24, Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I give you notes because you can't remember everything I want to say. So I give you something that you could study at home when I think the message is too detailed. And uh, I just want to uh, share with you some things. That when you study Romans 8 in Galatians, it breaks down the human race. And I give it as being in Adam. We were born in Adam, Romans 5. Or you're in Christ. And if you're a believer, if you've been born again, you've been moved out of Adam, and you're in Christ. And that in Christ is a big New Testament concept. Over and over, you're in Christ, in Jesus. Well, you take Romans 8, you ought to turn there just so that you could see the words of Scripture. Uh, verse 5, 8 five, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if, and it's a sense, if, and the Spirit of God does live in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, it'd be Spirit from Christ— Holy Spirit, he does not belong to Christ. So, he has two categories of people in Romans 8. Those in the flesh, and we'll look at what flesh means, in that sphere versus those in the Spirit. There's only two kinds of people. People in the Spirit, people in Adam, same thing people in Christ and if you're in Christ your new sphere is also you're in the sphere of the spirit christianity is spirit people we are people of the spirit don't i don't care what your brand is i don't care what your terms are god sees as people in one or the other he doesn't have three categories you're either in The flesh, or you're in the spirit. And he breaks that down. Now, he says those in the flesh, they walk according to the flesh. They keep in step with the flesh. They carry out the deeds of the flesh. Those in the spirit, they walk according to the spirit. Then he uses another phrase to describe the walk. He moves to the mind. One is their life, how they live it out. Then he goes on to say, there is a fleshly mindset and there is a spirit mindset. Did you know the Christian life is lived between your ears before it ever gets into your feet? Christianity starts here. It doesn't start in your feet. Jesus says, I hold you accountable for how you think. If you look on a woman and you commit adultery with her in your mind, you get credit for having committed it. Matthew 5. Now, you can see her and have a lustful thought and not do anything. You've got about two seconds to make up your mind. Whether you're going to choose to lust or you just saw the stimuli and you flee. You've got about two seconds. But if you see the stimuli and you say, I think I'll just stare and pray about it. You just made a choice. Because that praying about it is you've taken the bait. You get two seconds to do something. Boom, there it is. And Jesus says, if you choose to look on her with lustful thoughts, you have committed adultery in my kingdom approach. The Pharisee says you have to do the act. I say you have to choose to do it mentally. And when you make the mental choice, you have done it. And it's the same about murder. You don't have to kill a man to be counted a murderer. If you choose to hate him, in my kingdom program, you've chosen to be a murderer. You may not serve time for it, but in my sight, you just committed an act in your mental processes. You're accountable for how you think as a believer. And that's why he's always telling us, Romans 12, 1 and 2, Ephesians 4, control what you think on. What you think is what you become. So he says, the flesh has a mindset, and the spirit has a mindset. So he says, those who are minding the things of the flesh, they experience death, loss of fellowship with God, loss of fellowship with others. They're in a state of enmity, making themselves enemies of God. When you're thinking fleshly thoughts, you are at war with God because you don't think his thoughts. And he says, You don't submit to the law of God. You're in a rebellious state when you walk and think after the flesh. But if you mind the things of the Spirit, you'll experience two things, life and peace. You'll be experiencing eternal life and this sense of tranquility between you and God. And I think as a whole, you'll be at peace with others, whether they want peace or not. Because you will be thinking divine thoughts, the thoughts of the Spirit. And so you're in one category or the other. Is your mind at peace today? Uh, Are you uh, enjoying the life, fellowship with God? Or are you experiencing death, hostility, uh, animosity towards the will of God, the things of God? Well, see, there's two categories. Those who want to do it their way And those who want to do it God's way so uh, we look at this and so we want to look at now two things the believers relationship to the Spirit that ought to be a Roman numeral two in your notes didn't get printed two and then we're gonna be looking at three the believers relationship to the Holy Spirit and I'm going to just give you an overview of what he's saying in Galatians 5 and the New Testament Uh, he said in Galatians 3, you begin the Christian life in the Holy Spirit and not by law. All of us begin the Christian life by means of the Spirit. We were born again. We were born of the Spirit and we were born in the realm of our human spirit so that God gave us something. So you begin the Christian life with the Holy Spirit, uh, actively convicting I know some people right now under conviction. They're not saved yet, but they're miserable. Uh, And and you know believers sometimes got the Spirit because they're miserable because they're not obeying God, and the Spirit's grieved in them, or they may be quenching. Is it not miserable as a believer not to deal with sin in your life? He makes you miserable. He creates godly sorrow. The unsaved don't know a thing about this kind, Theirs is a different kind of sorrow. So we begin the Christian life in the Spirit. Uh, Notice in your notes, all Christians have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. All Christians. That is an an awesome thought. You have become the uh, house the Spirit lives in. You're called a temple. And in Greek, that word temple is an inner sanctuary. It's like a holy of holies. Because the tabernacle and temple had an outer court. They had an inner court. The inner court was naos. And he says, your body has become the inner dwelling place of God. And he tells you, you can't just do anything in your body now without it having to get along both with you and with the guests living in you. And he said to the Corinthians, who were full of immorality, uh, uh, they say one of the greatest things that uh, Christianity brought to the Greek Roman world was chastity. Because the Gentiles were, had abandoned any sexual mores. They were a filthy, immoral culture. But he tells these Corinthians, being saved out of temple prostitution... And a sailor's town at Corinth, he says, the Spirit now dwells in you. Stop your immorality. They were doing it. But the motive for them cleaning up is you're housing a divine guest. And when you go to bed with someone immorally, you put Christ in bed. Don't you know that you're the house for the Spirit and for Christ? They indwell us. An awesome thought that God used to dwell at the mercy seat, dwelt in the tabernacle. And you couldn't walk. When Solomon dedicated the tabernacle, the priest could not minister because the cloud was so thick. The Shekinah glory. Now that Shekinah has moved inside of you. God indwells his people. And the Spirit indwells every believer. It's the basis for our morality. Uh, It's the basis for our sensitivity to what God... That's why I don't need a rule book. I'm living with a person. I don't need the code book. I'm living with the God who spelled out the code. He lives within us. And you can't hardly get away with anything when you've got the person living with you all the time. I think of some crazy things that... uh, uh, I do once while. It's like, uh, this is so stupid. Listen to this. If I'm in the men's room and I take the paper towel and I miss, is there any law in not hitting the garbage can? Is there? Because you know some of you never throw it in. <laughs> and one day the Lord just said, now you go and and pick it up, put it in. I said, come on, God, I'm the pastor. It said, put it in. Isn't that silly? There's no law on putting the paper in the trash can. Let your wife do that. <laughs> just you know, you know how people think. People. I mean, you're living with a person. You can get away. Uh, have you ever done this? Uh, the next time I like the food to be here a little bit quicker. I'm a heavy tipper. I think, you better hurry up, girl. I was up here at, um, oh, what restaurant? Um, I was in a restaurant and the gal poured this whole margarita all over me. And uh, then I had to go before the elders because I smelled like alcohol. <laughs> and, uh, y- you know, hey, there's no law that tells me I got to be gracious to her. There's no law on that that I know of. Oh, be kind, but there's no law that says, you know, you're going to get it. I got a choice. And I want to get to do what the Spirit allows. Because I can treat her anyway, but he just puts up with so much. People says that won't get it. Right? But well, you don't know, because he doesn't live in you. The only folks that amen is the folks he lives in. You don't know what I'm talking about. Because you're in the flesh. and the flesh, it makes you Mr. Important. Anything you want to do, you make all laws that suit you. But not us folks in the Spirit, God, is the one that dictates what we get to do. I'm living with a person. I'm not living with the law of Moses. He lives in. That's the Christian life. Uh, Some things I just mentioned here. The Spirit has sealed you in Christ. And the word he used for sealing you, and I give you the verses... He uses it also of an earnest. You have the Spirit as a down payment that God's going to complete what He's begun in you, and you're going to get all your salvation. How many of you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Okay, some of you are nervous. The hands are shaking. Okay. Well, old-time Pentecostals say you wouldn't have the baptism unless you talked in tongues. And some of you might be tongue talkers. Help yourself. Just don't do it during the service. But I was taught you didn't, you had to have certain gifts to prove you really have the spirit. But he said in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, the Holy Spirit baptized, and it wasn't water, was a spirit immersion right into Jesus Christ. And so I've been baptized by the spirit, but he baptized me into the body of Christ. How many are a member of the body of Christ? Who put you in it? Spirit. He baptized you into the body of Christ. So every member of the body of Christ has had the Spirit take and immerse you into Christ. And you didn't even know it had he not written 1 Corinthians 12. Because you didn't feel, Ooh, I just hit. No, you didn't feel it. It's just a fact, though. You've been immersed into Christ. Uh, he goes on to say, in verse 16 here, he wants a people to walk by the Spirit. He's going to tell them in verse 18... You're to be led by the Spirit. You are to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, He's going to say, live by the Spirit in verse 25. And then he's going to tell us to keep in step with the Spirit. And we'll explain that more. But look at all of this Spirit talk. Walk in the Spirit. Bear the fruit of the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. I mean, we are spirit people, the Spirit of God. We've been placed right in the middle, as it were, of the divine person, the Holy Spirit. Did you know it cost Christ his life for you to have the Holy Spirit? He kept saying in John 14 through 16, Unless I go away, unless I go back to my Father by way of the cross, you will not get the promise of the Spirit, the Comforter that will come. It took the death of the second person of the Godhead in order to bring you the gift of the Spirit. And he says, hold out. I will show you that I will give you a gift to get you through these 1900 years. It will be the indwelling work of the Spirit that will do so many things in your life. He didn't leave us without comfort. He said, I won't leave you like orphans. And his representative is the Holy Spirit. And isn't it terrible if branches of Christianity developed stepchildren to the Spirit? Well, you don't have it like we do. Or you don't have it like... If you are God's child, you are a Spirit person. You're in the Holy Spirit you are indwelt, you are sealed, you've been immersed by him, you're told to be filled with him, you're to walk in him, live in him, be led by him, bear his fruit, keep in step with him. We are people of the Spirit. You've got to know that. The Old Testament, when they often made sacrifice, they shed the blood and then they poured oil and sometimes water on the sacrifice. I often think that's what happened. At the cross, the sacrifice was made. On the day of Pentecost, he poured out the oil on it. And he poured out his spirit in an upper room. And 120 people. Now, you know what? You're surrounded by the spirit of God. Do you think there's enough resources to live for God? Do you, you, maybe you need a rule book to live this. No, you need a person to... You know, you can't really live the Christian life with a set of rules. You've got to have a divine person teach you. He's got to lead you by the hand. He's got to teach you to walk with him. He's got to teach... It is a divine tutorship of his own children. And he's a great teacher. He, de- he takes dumb clucks and teaches us how to live for him. From every background. From every, every personality bit. I just read a, uh, about a, a book a guy wrote the other day, and the name of it is "Everybody is Normal Until You Get to Know Them." D- did you know you're abnormal? Ask your wife when you're not in the room. You get some weird habits, weird thinking. Please don't ask my wife a thing about this, because we are opposites. But everybody's got, you know. Good night. You start critiquing me. And I always find people the best at critiquing are the worst at taking criticism. They got everybody figured out, but don't dare figure them out. Because they are normal. You just don't know them. Nobody's quite normal. Everybody comes with a different set of backgrounds, hang ups, viewpoints. And the Spirit of God did you know what He's been teaching people 1900 years how to live for Christ? How to do it god 's way now, the Christian life I wish it was more than just the spirit, but there is a, a hangover you bring into the Christian life, and what hangs over is some kin folks you wish you could have kicked out, but they 're like bad kin folks, it seems they want to stay the longest. The good ones go home too early, and when you came into Christ and in the Spirit. An old relative decided to hang out, and it's called the flesh.
1: And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church and We would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word.